Well, last Friday we had the text placed before us um, concerning love and the primacy of love, the importance of the first commandment, loving God, second commandment, loving our neighbor as ourselves. And I talked about the proper role of self-love, actually, in the spiritual life. And I said, uh, you know, we first love God, then uh, we, uh, we actually love ourselves after him, even before we love our neighbor. And then you can kind of add in, I put your, your own body. So like the fourth, there's like basically four things. So you've got uh, God first, then yourself, then your neighbor, then your body. So self here... Uh, is understood in a spiritual sense, your soul, in a, in a certain manner of speaking. Um, it's important not to slice ourselves in half as if, you know, we're like a soul and a body, you know, um, buttoned together and, and, you know, you've got this real uh, uh, sort of questionable connection between the two. Really, the soul and the body work together and they're so closely united that they constitute one one thing. So, it's not like we're souls trapped in bodies. I don't want to give that impression. That would be a false impression. But we have a higher aspect to ourselves. Okay, To the human personality, there's a higher aspect. And that is the spiritual aspect. St. Paul uh, refers to it as the inner man. It's a very interesting term. He contrasts the inner man with the outer man. Okay, And the inner man is the more important part of who we are. And it's the chief part. It's the leading part. It's our intelligence. It's our free will, and if we're in a state of grace, it's the it's the grace of God um, enlivening our souls, uh, um, enlivening our spirits. So that's the inner man, and that's what we have to prioritize before our neighbors. And I think we see that here in our gospel. We see the virtue of prudence, and this is the question: is who's foolish, who's prudence? Okay. And the wise virgins, the prudent virgins, they uh, are operating according to enlightened self-interest. So they have invested, uh, they have bought, they have invested in this oil so that when eternity hits them in the face, they're ready. Okay, that's only smart. we got to do that. We have to take care of our eternal souls. Jesus is going to come at some point or we're going to come to him when we die. And we've got to be ready. Um, and we and look at what the wise virgins do. They say to the foolish virgins, the foolish virgins say, hey, come on, give us some of your oil. And they say, uh, we can't do that. There might not be enough for both of us. you got to go and take responsibility for yourself. Go buy the, go buy the oil from the merchants. That's what we did. you got to do it. Okay, and so there's a certain you know degree in which we are responsible for ourselves. We're not responsible for everybody else. We're responsible for our own salvation, and we have to take care of our soul first and foremost. And we can never ever do anything that compromises our salvation, um, primarily because it's stupid. Really, it, primarily because it is it's not intelligent. It doesn't make any sense to sin and to uh, put ourselves in a situation where we're going to wake up one day and say, we don't have any oil. Uh-oh. Okay? And there's no one that can do that. Mom can't do it for us. You know, the father, the priest can't do it for us. We have got to look after our own souls, first and foremost. 
And uh, so that's why you know we have love of God, love of self, of our inner man, and then our neighbor, and then um, uh, our creature comforts, our bodily comforts and conveniences, so forth and so on. And uh, I'll leave you with this very, very profound reflection on the importance of self-love or the reality of self-love. St. Thomas Aquinas, in his one of his great theological treatises, he asks the question, do the wicked love themselves or do the good love themselves? And he says, actually, the wicked do not love themselves. The wicked hate their own souls. He quotes a verse from the Psalms. It says that the wicked, those who love iniquity, hate their own souls. So there's a certain degree that inner man, the spiritual self, the sinner hates his spiritual self. The true, deeper self of who he or she is, is really uh, is hated by them. Whereas the good person loves that inner self and cherishes it and takes care of it. So this is uh, talking about love in terms of friendship. Uh, this is what St. Thomas says. The philosopher is talking about. Now Thomas is quoting from Aristotle, an ancient pagan philosopher, and he says... The philosopher proves this from five things that are proper to friendship. For in the first place, every friend wishes his friend to be and to live. So if you've got friends, if you've got a relationship with a friend, you want him to live. We don't want him to die. Secondly, you want good things for him. Thirdly, you do good things for him. Fourthly, you take pleasure in their company. And then finally, you're of one mind with him. That's what the nature of friendship is. But we need to befriend our inner man. We need to be friends with ourselves. And the good man is truly a friend of himself. Uh, And so Thomas goes on, he says, In this way the good love themselves as to the inward man, because they wish the preservation of their inner man. They desire good things, right? They desire eternal life for their souls. Um, And they do their best to obtain them. Just like the, the prudent virgins invested they did all their, the leg work. They went to the merchants. They bought the oil. Okay, So they uh, desired what was good for themselves and they invested in it and they worked for that. And then they take pleasure in entering into their own hearts. I find that very interesting and profound. The good man who has a clear conscience can actually spend time with himself. I find that so, this is a very, very profound truth that he can be quiet. He doesn't have to have the radio blasting in his, in his ear all the time and be distracted. You see, the people who are in mortal sin don't want to listen to their conscience. They don't want to actually enter into their inner man. They're alienated from who they truly are and the depths of who they really are. So they live outside of themselves. They distract themselves with external things. They get the radio going all the time. They have the TV constantly going. Okay, they talk about anything and everything about but their own true spiritual well-being and good. Okay, and so he goes on and he says, uh, on the other hand, the wicked have no wish to be preserved in the integrity of the inward man, nor do they desire spiritual goods for him, nor do they work for that end, nor do they take pleasure in their own company. By entering into their own hearts, they hate prayer. Okay, because when you pray, you spend time. With yourself as with as well as with the Lord, okay. You try to spend time with the Lord. You end up sometimes spending time more time with yourself than you do with the Lord. But but the point is is that the the wicked they really don't like. There's a real aversion, a strong aversion to prayer because they they, they really their 
inner person is telling them that they're not in a good state and they just they're really uncomfortable about that. So they're constantly distracting themselves. And it says, nor do they agree with themselves on account of the gnawing of their conscience. So just like we would have a, a good friend and we would want to be of one and we are of one mind with our with our friend, we want to be of one mind with our conscience. If our conscience is saying something and we're disagreeing with it, we best get our get ourselves in agreement with our conscience, go to confession and um, be restored to the friendship of God and therefore be able to be friends with ourselves so that we can truly love ourselves and like the, the prudent virgins, um, be ready uh, and be intelligent uh, so that we're prepared for eternity and for our own true eternal good.